Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Well, welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. It is a good day to be here. We're loving this cooler weather in the morning. It feels so good. Um, my dog actually wants to walk more than usual. Um, with all the heat and humidity, the dog has not been very excited about those morning walks, but is getting more excited, so that's a very good sign. I wanted to just point out right away, uh, we are having some internet connectivity issues here, so if you are worshiping online and you are experiencing any uh, difficulties, we are so sorry um, that is being sorted, and next Sunday should be fantastic, but if you do have some issues this morning, just wanted to acknowledge that and apologize, and we should be back up and running as normal next Sunday. Well, I want to invite you all to do something. I want to invite you to sign in. There's a booklet at the end of your row. If you wouldn't mind opening it up, uh, signing in and passing it down, we greatly appreciate that. And if you're worshiping online, you can register your attendance there as well. Uh, if you're on the live stream on the website, if you'll back out of full screen mode, there's a little red rectangle above the video screen that says register your attendance. If you'll fill out the form, come on back. That would be great if you're on Facebook Live. You can register on the event page itself. Well, a few things that are happening here uh, this week and in the weeks to come. Uh, in our children's ministry, we have an elementary service Sunday happening today at 4 p.m. And we will be supporting uh, Eanes Elementary. So we are partnering with uh, Brookdale Senior Living right here in Westlake Hills. Uh, to provide some awesome goodie bags and breakfast for our teachers and staff at Eanes Elementary. And our kiddos are going to be decorating all of those goodie bags, custom uh, decorating those things today from 4 to 5 p.m. So I invite you to come out and participate in that. And uh, parents, of course, you are welcome to stay and help decorate too. Uh, that may be even more fun. And these uh, service Sundays will be happening on the second Sunday of each month. And then on the fourth Sunday of each month, we have outdoor adventures. So keep your ears tuned. That's coming up on the 26th. In our youth ministry, uh, we also have some fun activities happening, happening every single month and service opportunities happening every single month. Today is the youth pool party uh, at the Cox home, Jeff and Linda Cox from 4 to 6 p.m. It's going to be a blast, food, fun, awesome. So come out to the pool today. If you need a ride, uh, please do let us know. Uh, there is a post on social media. You can uh, click on that, sign up there, or you can contact uh, our uh, youth coordinator, Ashley Mangold, youth at, off, at westlake-umc.org. Uh, All right. And then uh, on Saturday, next Saturday, the 18th, there's a service opportunity. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, a youth room revamp. Uh, so there'll be some painting, some decorating, and just get your creative on. All right. So next Saturday, the 18th, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and then lunch and some hangout following that. Newcomer's Lunch is happening today. Today is the day. We're very excited. We have several new folks uh, who've started coming during the pandemic. They're going to be joining us. And if you haven't already and you're interested, you can still join us as well. Uh, if you will just please let me know, that would be great. So if you're here in person, let me know. Uh, if you are online and you're like, yes, I want to participate, shoot me an email, cdavis at westlake-umc.org. All right. Thanks, everybody. Happy Sunday. Oh, one more thing. <laughs> Yeah, not, not over yet. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> He's playing me off. It's the Oscars. 
<laughs> Last Sunday, we said farewell to our uh, children's ministry director, Megan Getman. I just wanted to mention there is still a chance and opportunity for you. If you'd like to contribute to that love offering, uh, you can do that. Uh, just go to the website or you can uh, write a check, cash in the, um, in the offering plate at the end of the service today. Thank you so much. And thank you all also for masking up this morning. We sure do appreciate that sign of love to one another. If you're at home, sing out with us. <laughs> A thousand stories of what they think you're like But I've heard the tender whisper of love In the dead of night And you tell me that you're pleased And that I'm never alone You're a good, good father it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. And I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I searching for answers only you provide you know just what we need before we say a word you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and i'm loved by you it's who i am it's who i am Holy Father, we thank you for being perfect in all that you do and in all the ways that you love us. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us to celebrate your love, for allowing us to be filled with joy. The Lord, your grace has saved us, and it's something we cannot undo. And we love you dearly, Lord, because you have first loved us. And Lord, just as you celebrate with us, we know that you grieve with us. That just as you lost your own son and grieved his suffering, that as we remember September 11th, as we remember personal loss and tragedy, that you're there with us, feeling our pain and loving us through it. 
Lord, we thank you for letting us lean on you, lean into your loving arms. For God, you are with us at all times. This morning, God, we dedicate this time to you as we celebrate with you, as we experience your joy and your grace. And it's our prayer this morning that this time is holy and that it is for you. God, we love you, and you have loved us, and that's a love without end. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning and welcome to Westlake United Methodist Church. My name is Tracy Beadle. I'm the senior pastor and I am thrilled to have you all here, those of you here in the room and those of you joining us online to worship with us today. We do have a very good father, a father, a God who loves us so deeply through his son Jesus Christ that we are welcomed with a deep, deep peace. I want to invite each and every one of us to stand now and turn to our neighbors and share the peace of Christ. Peace. Peace, Anna. I'm so glad to see you.
what a special day it is for our children. So if we can have the children, oh, hold on, gotta get a guitar pick. Have the children come on down for children's time. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I feel afraid, think I've lost my way, still you're there right beside me. Nothing will I fear as long as you are near. Please be near me to the end. Thy is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hi, friends. How are you this morning? Good. I'm so glad that you're here. I have here a Bible. Today's a very special Sunday. And, I mean, every Sunday is special. But I have here a Bible, and it's wrapped in brown paper. Hmm. The Bible is a very old book. The very first stories in the Bible were told around campfires, probably before they even had books. Do you like campfire stories? Yeah, yeah. So this brown paper shows that some of the stories in the Bible are very, very old. Some of them are even like 3,000 years old. Yeah, that's probably even older than your parents, right? <laughs> yeah. Miss Ashley, can you help me take off this brown layer of paper? Let's see what's underneath. Hmm. Ooh, comics. That's my favorite part of the newspaper. Well, not from today, but they are the Sunday comics. That's my favorite part of the newspaper. Why do you think there might be Sunday comics? Any ideas? Well, I think that the Bible has some pretty cool stories. Yeah? The Bible has lots of stories. Does anybody have a favorite Bible story? Hmm? Ashley, do you have a favorite Bible story? Uh, Jonah, and the whale. Jonah and the whale. That one really speaks to me because sometimes God tells me to do stuff. And I'm like, but God, I don't want to do it. Yeah, but. And I even think that God has a sense of humor sometimes. Hence the comics. What's underneath the comics, Ashley? There's another layer. Purple paper. Ooh. Purple is a color of royalty. What do you think of when you think of royalty? Queens and kings. Gold, yes. Yeah. When you think of royalty, you think of something that's worth a lot, right? It's very valuable. Yes. Do you think God's word is valuable? Yeah. Absolutely. 
So, so far what we've learned about the Bible is that it's very old, it has lots of stories, and it's very valuable, right? You wanna take off that last layer? Can we get a drum roll? And there it is, the Word of God. No, it's the real thing. It is, see? All right. And the Word of God is for everybody, right? So today, what makes today special is that our third graders get their very own Bible, just like that from the church. And when you turn third grade, when you, when you are the age of third grade, when you're around eight, you get your third grade Bible as well. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this ancient treasure. We praise you for the stories of our faith. We thank you for this inspired book. Bless all of us in our reading and understanding of the amazing Bible. Amen. All right, all of you can go sit down except for our third graders. And if we have any other third graders here, if they would come on up. We also have some third graders online. Uh, can I get the names of all the third graders? We're going to read all of them, regardless um, if they're here or not. They may be watching online and picking them up. So we're going to read all the names, and if they're here, I will hand them a Bible. Byron Atridge. Yay! Let me make sure this is yours. This is yours. Congratulations. Mason B. He's picking this up later. Eli C. Lauren D. Yay. Cooper R. Yay. Campbell Ruback. <laughs> Want to make sure she gets the right one. There we, go. there we go. Campbell, here's your Bible. Congratulations. Yay. Jack Sitaro. Yay. Madison Sitaro. Maggie Shapley, Chloe W, and I think that's it. Yay! <laughs> I hope you guys, oh, we're going to do um, a call and response. I think it'll be on the screen. There you go. Um, pray with me. Dear God, thank you for the Bible. Bless our child who receives it this day. Help us to explore the Bible with our child so that our family can be strengthened in our journey to know you better. And then this part um, is um, for the kids to say this with me. So if you guys, can you read that part over there? I'll read it with you, don't worry. All right, ready? Dear God, thank you for the Bible. 
Bless our parents who will help us read it. Help us to use it to learn more about you and your love. And then this is for all of us. All right. Dear God, thank you for the Bible. Bless these children who will receive it and bless their parents and Sunday school teachers who will help them read it. Help us to use with our Bible and our journey to know you better. Amen. Alrighty. You guys can go back to your parents now. Let us pray. Fill us with your generosity that we might all be prodigal hosts. And hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Hear now the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus said, a certain man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, give me my share of the inheritance. Then the father divided his estate between them. Soon afterward, the younger son gathered everything together and took a trip to a land far away. There he wasted his wealth through extravagant living. When he had used up his resources, a severe food shortage arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from what the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have more than enough food, but I'm starving to death. I will get up and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Take me on as one of your hired hands. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, His father saw him and was moved with compassion. His father ran to him, hugged him, and kissed him. Then his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Fetch the fattened calf and slaughter it. We must celebrate with feasting because this son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today begins a three-week worship series called Spiritual Life Hacks, Essential Hacks Every Christian Should Know. You probably all know what a hack is. A life hack is a trick or 
a simple and clever tip or technique for accomplishing some familiar task much more easily and efficiently. The best life hacks involve tricks that are free, that are efficient, and stunningly obvious in retrospect. One hack that changed my life was when somebody taught me how to clean my microwave. <laughs> I hated cleaning my microwave. You know, all those bits that have exploded all over the inside of your microwave and been baked on for weeks. Hated it. One day, somebody showed me an ingenious tip. If you take a sponge or a rag and you soak it in water and then you wring it out inside the microwave and coat the walls and the ceiling with water and then close the microwave, turn it on for two minutes, when you open the microwave, it's like magic. All of that stuff just wipes off so easily you wouldn't believe it. Plus, the hot water disinfects the inside all at the same time. Here is a hack. Yeah, you should try it. <laughs> now, here's a hack that I wish I would have known a couple of months ago when I was painting my house. I made a huge mess trying to clean the paint off my paintbrush. I mean, the outside of my paint can was coated with layer after layer of dried paint. Little did I know. A rubber band could have solved all my problems. So there are some really obvious tricks or hacks that every Christian should know. Simple tips or truths that can guide our approach to some of life's most common conundrums. Today we're talking about how to throw a party. Y'all, I don't throw very many parties, so... I need all the hacks I can get, but I am in awe of those people who throw really great parties. I know you've all been to one of them before. Those parties that have the really cool themes, you know, that, that weave itself through the entire experience. They're dressed a certain way. The food ties into it, the decorations, all of it. There's usually some sort of entertainment, like music or games that you play. And maybe one of those party favors, you know, those cool gifts that you get to take home with you that remind you of the party for weeks to come. For me, the best parties are marked by hosts who make everyone feel so welcome. You know those people. There are people that are just gifted at making everyone who walks into their home feel completely at home. Well, it turns out that the Bible has something to say about parties. There are a number of stories in the Bible that can help us out. Take, for example, the one that we just read. Most people know this story as the, par uh, as the parable of the prodigal son. Prodigal means spending money or resources freely and recklessly. Someone who's wastefully extravagant. Well, the son's behavior in this story certainly fits that description. We read this story and we are absolutely astounded by the son's audacity. I mean, he asks his dad for his inheritance early. He's basically saying, I can't wait till you're dead, dad. And then we're equally astounded when the father just gives it to him. And maybe not really surprised all that much when the son turns and leaves and then wastes what should have been 
enough resources to last him an entire lifetime. The son is so destitute at this point that he ends up taking what I imagine is the only job he could find, feeding pigs. I mean, it must have been the only work that he could find because it had to have been among one of the very last things he would have ever chosen to do. Pigs, according to this man's Jewish tradition, were unclean animals. Normally, he would have had absolutely nothing to do with a pig. But he is so desperate. He actually finds himself not only feeding the pigs, but longing for their food scraps. Finally, the story says, the son comes to his senses And then he plots his return home. He decides he's going to throw himself on the mercy of his father, who, lucky for him, is extravagantly merciful. In fact, the better title for this story would be the parable of the prodigal father. Because prodigal also means having or giving something on a lavish scale. Prodigal is still, still an over-the-top sort of spending, but in the father's case, it's on behalf of others rather than himself. I mean, just look at what the father does. The son has carefully planned what he's going to say to the father. I mean, he is ready to grovel, y'all. He's ready to beg, to just be one of his father's servants But all of his words are lost because before he can utter a single word, his father has him in his embrace and is throwing him a party. The father sees the son, our story says, from a long way off. I mean, just think about that. Don't you imagine that this father, ever since the day his son left, has been staring a long way off, looking for his son, praying every single day that his son would return to him. Every morning, he's got his eyes trained on the horizon, wondering, will it be today? Will my son come home today? And when he finally sees him, he is so beside himself, he cannot wait. He runs out to meet his son, scoops him up into his arms, and kisses him. I mean, for a grown man, for the head of a household in his particular culture and time, that would have been quite undignified. But he doesn't care. He could care less. All he cares about is his son and welcoming him home. And y'all, what a homecoming it is. The father sees what his son needs and then gives him the most lavish gifts. The father orders a robe and a pair of sandals be brought to his son. That's how bad things had gotten for this son. He arrives home apparently barefoot and robeless, or at the very least, with shoes and robe in tatters. And y'all, it's important to know that the robe that the boy left with, it would have been one of his prized possessions, part of his legacy. This robe would have been either handmade or commissioned by his mother specifically for him. It would have been a mark of his uh, participation in this particular family. 
To give you a, a little idea of how valuable a man's robe was, just remember the story in the Bible when the soldiers were gathered at the foot of Jesus' cross and they were divvying up Jesus' clothing. Notice they just kind of divided up all of his items, all of his possessions, until they got to the robe. With the robe, they had to cast lots for it because nobody was giving up the robe without a contest. Well, the son returns home with his family robe lost or in tatters, and without a second thought, the father orders that not only a robe, but the best robe be brought for his son. The best robe in the household was very likely the father's robe. He wraps his son in the robe off his own back. In addition to the sandals and the robe, the father gives him a ring. This would have been a signet ring, a ring identifying him as one of the family and giving him the authority to do business on behalf of the family in the family's name. My oldest daughter, Michaela, just got her first credit card. <laughs> yeah, the primary card is in my name. So we are entrusting her to use this card responsibly on our behalf to help pay for the things that she needs while she's away for college. James, it's okay. <laughs> this signet ring would have signified full restoration to relationship. It would have signified the son's full standing in the family. And then, of course, the father slaughters the prize calf, and they have an extraordinary, epic barbecue. So, what is the essential hack that we learn about throwing a party from this parable? Well, obviously, extravagant hospitality. And what that looks like is we need to be on the lookout we need to be on the lookout and attentive to those who are around us, especially those who are estranged, perhaps, on the fringe, lost, in desperate need. I wonder who comes to mind for you. Who do you see that may be in need of food or clothing, shelter, love, compassion, a sense of belonging. Who needs a homecoming? If we want to throw a prodigal party, we cannot limit the guest list. We can't limit the guest list to those who we think deserve it. Our guest list can have no limits. In fact, rather than seeking those who we judge, to be deserving of it or who we judge to have earned the privilege, which is not our place, and we most often get it wrong, we, our place is to intentionally look for those who are most in need of a place. There's another story that Jesus tells about throwing a party, and in that story he says, don't just invite your friends and your family, don't invite those who can reciprocate, be intentional about inviting those who can never repay you. 
Yesterday was the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and most of us who are old enough to remember, remember exactly where we were when we found out what was happening that day. And if you turned on the TV yesterday or scrolled through social media at all, many of you, like me, uh, may have shed a couple of tears. We remembered the horrors of that day, but more importantly, we remembered the heroes of that day. Those who saw a long way off, who could see the needs of others. And on that day and in the days and weeks and months and years since, have responded, running into burning buildings, running to overtake the terrorists on that fourth airplane, saving many lives. Running to join the military. Running to embrace those who were hurting. Wrapping those grieving with the loss of their beloved friends and family in deep compassion. All of us, I think, opened our arms a little bit wider in the days following those events. There was a lot of talk about that, actually, in the news yesterday. We all, following 9-11, held one another with greater love and compassion, with greater generosity of heart. And on this 20th anniversary, there are many who remain in need. The families of those who lost loved ones on 9-11 and who have lost loved ones in the 20 years since to the wars that we have fought in its aftermath. Those who have escaped and continue to escape from Afghanistan upon our exit from that war. I wonder how we can look around and look out for and see those in need of a homecoming, a place to rest, a place to belong, a place where they might be embraced and cared for and loved and received with prodigal generosity. I got to witness such a homecoming this week. Ann Finch and Kim Weidman, members of our church and leaders within our service committee, they've been working with Refugee Services of Texas to help our church welcome an Afghani family to their new home as they resettle here in Austin. Ann got the ball rolling weeks ago when she shared the need with her Sunday school class and then word quickly spread to other groups in the church. And before long, most of the items that were needed to furnish an apartment were collected and stored here at the church. A week ago, we heard that it was probably gonna be mm, mid-October before we would have a family to host. Then suddenly, Thursday at noon, <laughs> Anne got a call asking if we could furnish an apartment for a family. Right then, like that moment. <laughs> And uh, the family had already arrived, and they were sitting in an empty apartment. Y'all, God had been looking out, 
seeing a long way off preparing through the attentive and faithful members of our church all that would be necessary for a prodigal homecoming. By 1.30 Thursday afternoon, just an hour and a half after Anne received that notice, members of our church were loading up their cars and trucks with all the furniture that we had collected and stored here. Another church member grabbed mattresses, a couple of chairs, and a rug from Refugee Services of Texas, while another church member ran to the store and bought toiletries, and another stopped for groceries, and another delivered soft goods. By dinner time, Westlake UMC's amazing team had furnished and stocked a two-bedroom apartment to welcome a very weary Afghani family to their new home. That's right. It's going to make me cry again. This was not how our service committee had imagined that this would play out. <laughs> they had expected to have plenty of notice. They wanted to get there, clean the house, move everything in, get it very well organized and stocked, maybe leave flowers on the table, all before the family arrived. But because Anne and Kim and so many prodigal hearts in this church had foresight, because God through them was preparing for some who were yet a long way off, they were able to respond with a truly stunning display of grace. This church, by the way, does this a lot. Our congregational care team with Mary Lou's leadership and Leslie's leadership they welcome people home all the time, home from the hospital, home from rehab, with meals. I get to welcome a baby home this coming week with a meal on Thursday night. I'm excited about that. Our early response team and our volunteers in mission, they welcome people back home all the time, people who have uh, whose homes have been destroyed by natural disasters. They go, they muck those houses out, they get them dried in so that people can return and live there and then later come and rebuild them. They're headed to Houston tomorrow and they're planning a trip to Louisiana in the coming weeks. If you're interested, please let us know. Are you keeping an eye out? Who do you see that is in desperate need of an extravagant homecoming? Who can you run and embrace and celebrate today or in the coming week with a prodigal genera generosity by showering them with profuse compassion? Because y'all, here's the deal. We have all been welcomed home in the most extravagant way by a God who, even though we sometimes wander a long way off, through Jesus Christ loves us so much that they spread their arms wide, bestowing upon us a gift we can never repay and calling out to us, welcome home. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Thank you, Pastor Tracy. It's so encouraging to hear these stories, isn't it? I love it. I love the generosity that we see, that we experience as a church community. And I just want to say thank you. <laughs> thank you. And Pastor Tracy, thank you for sharing those stories, for reminding us of the generosity that exists within this incredible community. Well, we are preparing our hearts right now to give as an act of gratitude, as an act of worship, to respond to God, to respond to God's extravagant prodigal generosity to us. And there are a few ways that you can give to support the work of Westlake UMC and all of its ministries. Uh, first, you can go to westlake-umc.org. You can make a one-time gift or you can set up recurring gifts. It's easy and it's what my family does. You can text Westlake UMC in all caps to 73256. You receive a, a message with a link to give. You can mail a check to the church at any time that's convenient for you. Or if you're here, you can give in the offering plate that is in the narthex on your way out today. Well, thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your ongoing faithfulness. It seems like every single week there is another story, and we are so grateful for that. There's one other thing that I wanted to mention, something that you could do to brighten somebody's day, uh, and it's in the lobby on your way out today. I mentioned earlier that our kiddos are, uh, go, have a service project today, this afternoon, from 4 to 5, and there is a, uh, a poster board for the teachers and staff at Eanes Elementary, uh, and we're gonna, I'm going to invite you to sign it. Uh, and it was just, it's a way for them to know, okay, it's not just an institution that is doing this thing for us, it's all these people, it's all these names. And so I want to invite you to do that as another way of sharing your generosity, as another way of sharing your gifts with those in our community. Thank you so much, everybody. Take me there to the place where you are. Take me there, take me there. I just want to be where you are. Oh, and hide me in your shelter. Hide me here, hide me here. I just want to be where you are. Take me there to the place where you are. Take me there. And you love me there right from the start. Take me there to the place where you are. Take me there, take me there. I just want to be where you are. Go and hide me in your shelter. Hide me here, hide me here. I just want to be where you are. You have buried my sin in the depths, my Lord. And you covered me from the furious storm. And you love me there right from the start. Oh, you are here and I can feel you. I just love to be where you are. Hide me in your shelter. 
place where you are. Take me there, take me there. I just want to be where you are. I just want to be where you are. Oh, and hide me in your shelter. Hide me here, hide me here. I just want to be where you That was awesome. Thank you, Foundation Band. Thank you so much. Well, friends, as an expression of our love for each other, for our community, and for our world, let us pray together. Let us pray. Oh, by the way, if you are worshiping online with us, I wanted to let you know that if you have any joys or concerns, uh, feel free to share those in the chat or the comment section. Let us pray. God, we thank you, and we celebrate the 32nd wedding anniversary for Corrine and Bob Carnioni. We celebrate the birthdays of Becky Games, Reverend Lisa Strauss, Becky Fain, Lucy Goodrich, Jen Marine, and more. We give thanks for all the first responders in our community, fire, safety, police, and emergency personnel. As cases of COVID-19 continue to spike, we give thanks for all the healthcare workers and providers that work diligently to save lives. God, may they know your strength and may they know our support. God, you understand all of our needs, relational, spiritual, emotional, and financial needs. You see what we're facing and we know that you are with us and that you will direct us. May your comfort and your peace be felt, especially for those who grieve in any way. God, we remember the tragedies of September 11th, 2001. And we recognize this as a time of solemn remembrance. May we honor the lives that were lost in those tragic acts. May we give thanks for those who served and saved, rendered aid and assistance. May we give comfort to those who live with loss. May we seek justice and peace where it is within our ability and rely on you when the ability escapes us. On this day of solemn remembrance, may we build what has been torn down. May we mend what has been broken. May we live in your love when hate seems to reign. May we bear witness to the cause of peace. Let us take the next few moments of silence to offer up to God that which weighs most heavily upon us. And now let us pray together with faith, with conviction, with hope, the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's stand and dance. changed my life and wiped away the past. I want to shout it out from every rooftop sing. For now I know that God is for me, not against me. I could sing unending songs of how you saved my soul. Oh, I could dance a thousand miles because of your great love. Everybody's dancing now cause we're so happy everybody's singing now cause we're so happy if only we could see your face see you smiling over us unseen angels celebrate for the joy of awesome. As we go out this week, keep an eye out for those around you who are in desperate need of a prodigal homecoming and pour out the same grace on them that has been poured out on each and every one of us, remembering always and everywhere that the love of God, the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit are with us now and remain with us always. Amen.
Lord to tell of all you've done, of how you changed my life and wiped away the past. I want to shout it out from every rooftop sing, for now I know that God is for me, not against me. Celebrate for the joy is in it. 